the fact that I'm even on a call like this right now and that you're doing, there's enough women for you guys to reach out to multiple women for these interviews. So there's points where I say, no, we're not ready. No, the league isn't ready. We have so much work to do. And there's moments where I say, oh my God. I mean, I went from being discriminated against to now people want to every my good morning America. Like what we're celebrating women so much that it's come to that. I'm Julie Alexandria. And I'm Jennifer Mercedes. Between the two of us, we have over two decades of experience working in professional sports. We're telling the stories of women who are at the top of their game in sports and business. Welcome to The Locker Room. With nearly a decade of experience as a strength and conditioning coach for Major League Baseball, she made history as the first woman to be hired as a hitting coach by a Major League Baseball team, the New York Yankees. It is our pleasure to introduce and welcome to the conversation, Rachel Balkovic. Thank you so much for being Thank here and talking guys. with us. It's such today. an honor to be with the first two Latina women to have their own show. I'm so excited to be here. So thanks for having me on. Let's go back to February 2020. You get hired by the Yankees. What was the interview process like with the Yankees? Uh, well, I like to say that the interview process really started when I was with the Astros. So my current boss, Dylan Lawson, who is the director of hitting for the Yankees now, he was a minor league hitting coach with the Astros. And so really... Um, we just got to know each other there and he mentored me a lot. He's actually the person who kind of sparked the thought of crossing over to hitting. And so it was pretty natural uh, that he would want to hire me with the Yankees, but then it was a, still an extensive process. So I had, I believe, three phone interviews before I flew to Tampa and had an interview at the head, at our spring training facility, our headquarters in Tampa. Speaking about that interview process, is there an emphasis, was there an emphasis made on you being a female, a woman? No, no. Uh, that could be a legal thing. <laughs> um, you know, but no, there was none of that. And I think again, and Dylan, Dylan's a, a mentor of mine. He's a, he's a friend, you know, he's somebody who's been really supportive over the years of me. And so he just said, yeah, there, there was no question about your gender because I told them there was no, you know, there needed to be no, no question about your gender. Cause he had seen me work with all kinds of players and he had seen my demeanor as a coach, as a professional. So there wasn't any questions for him. And I, I think he really thoroughly conveyed that to the Yankees. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if there were questions and if there were questions, they would always be they'd be behind, behind my back, not to my face, uh, which is probably pretty smart. So yeah, there was really no question in the interview process. However, I'm sure there were plenty of conversations, which of course, you know, I like to have a very pragmatic view of that. Yeah, of course. I'm sure there were conversations about my gender. You know, can she do this? Will the guys respect her? But I think they were probably less than normal just because of my previous experience in baseball. I'm Julie Alexandria, and you're listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast by La Vida Baseball. I love that. that that's words to live by. That's good mm -hmm. life advice, too. Oh, yeah. um, whose vote of confidence was it? toughest to secure would you say other coaches on the staff players or even the media toughest I would say other other coaches toughest um it's tough all around you know but it's I would say the especially you know Latin American players they're like oh well, what do the Latin players think of you and I, I just to address that just quickly is I always say you know yes Latin America has a certain culture and machismo and there's not too many women at the top level of sports there's not just there's just not a lot of women, even female athletes that they might see in the Dominican Republic growing up. So 
it is a little bit tough at the beginning, but the most important person in their life, as you ladies know, is usually their mother or their grandmother. And so if you can establish that relationship over time, they really start to see you as somebody who cares about them and a nurturing person. Um, even if, you know, even as a strength coach, when I'm making them run a lot or do something in an authoritative position. So the players are really easy with time. Very quickly, they find out, you know, what I'm about and, and what I'm able to offer them. I would say colleagues are, have been the tougher sell. Um, there's a lot of, when I first come to an organization or get, when I first got in the game, they were like, oh, you're so cute. And then once I established myself as a person who was very serious about my craft and somebody who wanted to move up and somebody who, who threatened them, um, that became a, a really tough go at, at points. Obviously, I've had a lot of allies and supporters, but I would say that would be the toughest sell. And then also it's, it's the more forward-facing thing for me personally because I'm working with these people every day and you know, need them to be supportive of me. And so that's really the, the tougher sell. The players are, are, I would say, the easier part. I'm Jennifer Mitzes, and you're listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast. It's interesting that you mentioned the the idea about the mom and how moms are so important. I mean, there's been so many players that I've interviewed um, through the course of my career who've said, you know, their mom was the most influential person in their career. I mean, their moms were the ones that were out there throwing catch. But speaking of change, you posted about that um, in a recent post, how, you know, people don't accept change. They don't like to. It's human nature. But how do you get these guys to buy it i think that uh, and i just for people listening who may not have not seen that post i kind of said posted a funny post about like i don't even like change you know i i said i, I went to the grocery store and they changed the grocery store layout and i got pissed off and it's like yeah. <laughs> I, my iphone updated the other day and i was mad about it i'm like siri what are you what are you saying to me like what's going on here so it's funny how we then then i walk in with a freaking pinstripe uniform on and just expect everyone to just instantaneously adjust and be happy that I'm there. And it's just unrealistic. So the way that I would say, you know, the key point of, of, you know, getting someone to like a change is it works. I like it. You know, within a couple of days of an iPhone update, you go, oh, wow, that's actually more convenient. Thanks, Apple. You know, so it's, it's just really making them understand the value. And for me personally, that comes in my actions. Am I a good hitting coach? Can I give them valuable information? Can I relate to them? Can I uh, listen to their wants and needs? You know, all, all those things that any coach has to overcome. It's just with me, it's just very visually obvious that I'm different. So that might take a little bit longer. But I also said in that post, I don't mind that. I love that I have to earn it because, you know, let's say I was a coach that played in the big leagues for 10 years and I just walk in the room and everyone gives me respect. I actually don't like that. I see it happen and I go, wow, they don't even know if that guy knows what he's talking about and they're listening to him, you know, so I'd rather have to earn it. And I, and that's okay. It, it's not always fun in the moment, but it's always more rewarding when I earn somebody's trust and respect than if it's just given to me. I'm Julie Alexandria, and you're listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast by La Vida Baseball. I'm just thinking of your day-to-day and what that's like from the moment you walk into the facility to when you're there in the dugout, you know, on the field during BP, you are surrounded by men constantly, I would imagine. How do you retain a sense of power 
a sense of authority to be able to do your job in such a male dominated, for lack of a better word, field? I mean, the real, the true root of that is just how I was raised. You know, I don't, I never was told that I couldn't do it. And this started, this was, I've always been this person. It's just now the whole world seeing it manifest into this way. But I always, you know, jumped in with the boys when I was younger. I said that I, when I was 10 years old, I said I wanted to be the first ever female kicker in the NFL. I don't know where I got that from, but I just, it's, it's literally been me since I was born. And, you know, I just never even, it never even occurred to me that I wouldn't be able to do it. And that's a credit to my parents. Really. I didn't even understand what was happening when I was being discriminated against. I was so naive to that. That that would even be a thing. And that's a good thing and a bad thing because I, I applied for jobs, just not even thinking that my gender would be an issue when most women don't even apply for the jobs because they just already have it in their mind that, that they wouldn't be accepted. So mm-hmm. my parents raised me not to do, you know, not the, the soft, the soft and dreamy, Oh honey, you can do whatever you want. But it was more so, Hey, you can do whatever you want if you work for it. I mean, I would say like that, that permeates into every bit of what I do now where I walk into the room and I don't even think that they'll disrespect me. I assume that they will give me respect which allows me to speak with more confidence, which then this is a whole circle, right? It allows me to speak with more confidence. So then they do respect me more because they go, wow, that, that woman can really command a room. She has a presence. She speaks confidently. She looks me in the eye. Why would they disrespect me? You know, I'm kind of, I'm still have this little bit of naivete that allows me to walk around confidently, which then breeds respect. So I, I have to give it to mom and dad. I'm Jennifer Mercedes, and you're listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast by La Vida Baseball. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the experience was like working with somebody like Manny Ramirez? And you and I had talked about this um, before off camera and just the importance of Manny, not so much him um, validating you, right, as, as a woman in baseball, but Manny was with you up and down everywhere in Australia. You guys were seen everywhere together. You working with him. So that visual, what that visual does to to men and and young boys when they see that. Can you describe to me what what that feels like? Oh, Manny. He's a, he is the most incredible human being. I mean, really, like everything you see with Manny being Manny, it's like it couldn't be more accurate, you know, and he's so humble I mean, to the point where, as you know, like he's, he doesn't want to do press. He's very shy about it, even though you see him and he's a goofball and he's really personable. But when it comes down to like jumping on a camera or something, he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Oh, they Mm -hmm. won't like me. And I'm like, Manny, they, they are craving this, you know? So he's just an incredible person. And I think um, it speaks to who he is and why he was so good. I mean, our first conversation ever the owner reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, Manny wants to talk to you. And I thought, I thought me, I was like, Oh, he wants to talk. Okay, fine. I thought he was going to tell me like, Hey, this is how I do stuff, you know? And we get on the phone and he, he goes kind of just a little bit of chit chat. And he was like, Hey, so, you know, I really want to talk to you about my swing. And I was like, you want to talk to me about your swing? Like, okay. And he's, he's like, yeah, I'm going to send you some videos what I'm looking at. And it's just who he is. Like he doesn't care. If you can help him, if you have something that he might be able to take even one word that you say, he'll he'll listen to you. And he doesn't it doesn't mean that he's going to bend over backwards to please you. It's just like he wants information from every source. And it wasn't just me. It was the the other coaches there It was other players in Australia. What did you see there? What do you got in this picture? And he just was 
he is a knowledge seeker to the max. And the, because I think he was so open-minded, he would tell me stories about being coached by different coaches over the years and adjusting and getting information. He'd go, you know, I'd, I'd ask the rookie what he thinks about this picture, pitcher. Maybe he has a good perspective. So it's really his mindset. And it just speaks to probably why he was so good back in the day, because he was able to just get information and not have an ego about it. And it's still that way to this day. And I, I'm so fortunate that I got to see him and you know he's already talking about going back next year so hopefully we'll actually get a full season in next year if, if COVID calms down oh god willing <laughs> crossing the fingers from your experience is the league ready in your opinion to turn the corner when it comes to accepting that women can excel in these coaching in these management roles and what has been the pushback if anything, either personally or from anything that you've observed? I mean, are we there yet, basically? It's it's so hard. You know, it's like in some moments I go, have we made any progress, you know, with the Mets, Jared Porter this year? And you kind of, some, some days you go, God, have we gone anywhere? You know, and then some days I go, look, like I was hired full-time into baseball in 2014 and nothing happened, right? I was I was just on film for Good Morning America the other day. I was hired at full time in 2014. I was probably one of like literally one of maybe two or three women total in all of player development. And I didn't even have an Instagram, right? Like I didn't have, nobody called me for an interview. It, literally I was in major league spring training. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I was just like, I had picked up the cones after stretch. I, and Yadier Molina's there and Wainwright's there. And I'm just, I'm like working with all these guys. And a local Florida station literally tapped me on the shoulder and they were like, excuse me, um, do you work uh, for the Cardinals like full time? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, are you the only woman? And I was like, yes. And he was like, can I do an interview with you? That was the extent of the media. That was like a local Florida news station. And now we're seeing so much visibility for women, so many opportunities. Social media has changed everything around that. And it's just, it's changed massively rapidly the fact that i'm even on a call like this right now and that you're doing there's enough women for you guys to reach out to multiple women for these interviews so there's points where i say no we're not ready no the league isn't ready we have so much work to do and there's moments where i say oh my god i mean i went from being discriminated against to now people want to every my good morning america like what we're celebrating women so much that it's come to that and so I don't know. I mean, yes, in some ways, yes. In some ways, we have a lot of work to do. I'm Jennifer Matez, and you're listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast by La Vida Baseball. Now, because of all of that work that still has to be done, what advice do you give women trying to break into, into this industry and into your field in particular? The, the first thing definitely is, don't wish for an easy path. You know, if you have to work harder, if you are disrespected, um, and I know those are hard things to talk about, If and even me, you know, I, I say now, I'm glad I was discriminated against because I had to work twice as hard. I, you know, for example, I wanted to learn Spanish. It was on my heart to do that. But I also thought in my head, like, okay, if I learn Spanish, that's another feather in my cap. That's another thing that makes me more qualified. And it just pushed me. I, I wanted to do it anyway, but it gave me that extra push knowing that I was going to have a harder road as a, a woman. And now I'm so glad because I was so much more prepared than my peers. My peers. 
and still, still, you know, 10 years later, I'm still seeing things where I'm like, wow, I am so much more prepared for you than for this than you are. And it's because I had a harder road because I had to do more internships. So don't wish for the easy path. It's an honor to have to earn your respect. And it's a privilege to be an underdog. It's an advantage. So just just remember, even in those hard moments, it, go if somebody is is rude to you or even discriminate discriminates against you, you should send them a thank you card. You know, because it's only going to make you better. Have you have you had a chance to reach out to any of the other women who are who are in the industry? Uh, Bianca Smith, who was just hired by by the Red Sox. Any of them? Yeah, um, I've connected with all of them, some more than others. Rachel Fold and I talk quite a bit. I've connected with Alyssa. I've connected with Bianca uh, several times since she was hired. And just, um, I think it's, I think it's great for, for all of us to just have little touch points, even if it's a text or a, Hey, how are you doing? And definitely I've checked in on Bianca several times because it's um, again, now it's like, I'm, I'm thankful that when I first got in, there was no social media and I could just make, you know, my mistakes quietly and, and not have all kinds of eyes on me, but now it's, it's a whole different game. So um, just reaching out to her and going, Hey, uh, are you okay? Do you, you know, she has, she has an agent for God's sake for the, all the requests that she's getting uh, yep. for me. Lonnie, I, what's up, Lonnie? <laughs> That's <right. laughs> Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, she's, so she's, this is her first year and she's getting all of these eyes on her. Whereas my first year, I got the luxury of not having that. So yeah, just we've we've all connected in one way or another. I love that you're in this very exclusive club, and I look forward to reading the book. Um, where do you see yourself ten years from now? Oh, uh, general manager. Um, I hope it happens within ten years, but obviously that's a, a role that is coveted by many. So, um, yeah, general managers in my future. I don't know when, where, how, or whatever. Uh, secretly hoping it's with the Padres so I can live in San Diego. And um, so, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure where uh, or when, but that's absolutely something that I'm I'm striving for. I have plenty to learn as a hitting coach, but um, that's definitely the north star. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I hope that one day I can personally welcome you to San Diego. In that, role. <laughs> that would be that yes. would be just incredible. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us. We appreciate your time. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you and where they can follow all of your adventures. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, so yeah, I'm so I'm not I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just uh, I'm if you can spell my name, I'm just I'm just about anywhere. I have a website, rachelblockovec.com, and you can go anywhere from there. But I try to be available for as many people as possible. And, you know, the young people are on TikTok, so I'm even there now. So if you can spell Balkovec, you can find me. <laughs> and your videos are fire, by the way. They're awesome. I, oh. I thoroughly enjoy them. I'm trying. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, ladies. You've been listening to the Locker Room Talk podcast by La Vida Baseball. You can catch brand new episodes of Locker Room Talk every Wednesday on La Vida Baseball. And do us a favor, if you have a chance, subscribe to the Locker Room Talk podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple.